Blog Talk Radio.
Okay, everybody. Well, good afternoon. Welcome to Prayer International Radio. I'm your host for the evening, um, Sean Holmberg. We may have Chris Herzog join us a little bit. Um, so um, this is what? Monday night. Um, last night, we yesterday afternoon, we had a good friend of Chris and mine uh, named Patrick um, come on the show and Deliver the word of the Lord and pretty awesome um, for all of you out there um, who haven't heard it. You can go to our website, which is prayerinternational.org, or you can go to the blog talk blog talk website, which is blogtalkradio.com forward slash prayer international. And Patrick's a um, really amazing man of God who um, spends a great deal of time. Um, Seeking the face of the Lord. Um, a little bit about what I want to talk about tonight. Um, but you never really know what the Lord's going to do. Um, so let's start this off in um, prayer. Holy Spirit, for all those who are listening um, here in the United States, across the world. Father, whatever nationality, tongue, tribe, race, Lord. Father, you know every one of them completely, all together. Father, you know the thoughts and the plans that you have for us. Your word declares thoughts of good and not of evil, to give us a future and a hope. Father, tonight we yield the balance of this afternoon, Lord. Father, every minute, every second of this broadcast, Jesus, for your glory. Jesus, your King of kings, your Lord of lords, you're our Savior, you're our Master. Without you, Jesus, we can do nothing. You said that you are the vine and we are the branches. Father, our very life is in you. Our very breath is in you, Jesus. You are before all. After all, the beginning, the end, the first, and the last. Your name has been exalted above every name in heaven and earth, Jesus. So, Lord, I ask that you would have complete and total glory. Father, every word that is spoken, that you would use it to plant seed, that you would use it to water, that you would use it to reap your harvest. Father, for it's not our harvest, it's yours. And you said to lift up your eyes and look and behold that the fields are white and ready for harvest, Jesus. You said that you're not willing that any should perish, but all should come into repentance. You said it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. So, Holy Spirit, we ask that you would reach out and touch everybody's heart, Lord, this listening. Whether they listen live or whether they're listening to an archive or where they're a friend of someone who is listening, Father, that your word would go forth and produce fruit, Lord. And you said, Father, you said your word would not return to you, Lord, but it would accomplish that for which you sent it. Father, we lift up um, Chris and Tracy Herzog, Tracy's um, mother to you, Lord. We know that she's um, been in the hospital. Father, we ask, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, your word said that by your stripes we are healed, Lord, and your word declares 
that if we would ask anything in your name, it would be done. So, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, we ask for complete and total healing over Tracy's mom, Father, from the top of her head to the soles of her feet, Lord, every organ, every muscle, Father, completely and totally restored, Father, for your glory in the name of Jesus. Father, for anybody else who's listening, Father, Lord, that you would touch them, Father. Jesus, thank you for your blood, Father, over them. Father, heal every addiction, every affliction, every disease, every infirmity, Father. Complete restoration on your children, Father, and those who aren't your children, Lord, who should be and will be. Father, complete and total grace and mercy upon them, Father. Jesus, thank you for your blood. Thank you for your love, Father. Unending, everlasting, unmeasurable. In some ways, Father, your love is incomprehensible. That you have poured out in our lives through Jesus Christ. That you have revealed to us through your spirit. Father, we give you praise and honor, Lord. We yield our lives to you, Father. Father, you said to present yourself, excuse me, you said to present ourselves as a living sacrifice. Father, so we yield everything, our bodies, our lives, our souls, our spirits, Father. Lord, desiring to serve you with everything we have. Your word first said to love you with all our heart, soul, mind, and body. Father, tonight we choose to walk in your way, Father. We choose to listen to your voice. Jesus, you said your sheep will hear your voice and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. Father, so we choose to yield ourselves as living sacrifices, Father. As clay pots, Father, that you can mold and shape, Father. To have your way, Lord. That your will would be done in this earth, Father. Lord, we say that not just in a desperate plea that your will would be done, Father. But we say it, Father, in agreement with what your word already declared, Jesus, that your will will be done in this earth, Father, that your kingdom has come to this earth. Father, we desire to line ourselves up with your spirit. We desire to line ourselves up with your heart. Father, we desire to line ourselves up with your intentions, with your thoughts. Father, that we can become more like Christ. You said if anyone beholds, it says we behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. And we are being changed into that same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. We behold you through Christ Jesus. Jesus, you said if anyone has seen you, they have seen the Father. Holy Spirit, that you would quicken our hearts to receive more from you. As your word says in Ephesians, that the eyes of our hearts would be flooded with light, that we would know what is the hope of our calling. Father, that we would know what is your inheritance in the saints, for you have an inheritance in us.
Father, for every child, for every woman, for every man, at the sound of my voice, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would pour out your fire upon them. Pour out your fire upon them tonight. Shower them with your love, Jesus. Reveal yourself to them, Lord. There's nothing higher that we can ask for except for to know you. To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. Jesus, we desire to know you. So, um, before we get started, um, I wanted to uh, tell you a story. Not much of a story, but... um, So... um, me and Chris have been doing this uh, radio broadcast off and on for close to three years now. Um, and it's been an amazing three years. Um, two kids, um, for the most part, who don't know anything about anything except for the Lord Jesus Christ. And we had this crazy idea that wherever we are, even though we're in the United States, you know, there's millions of people in the United States, and not only in the United States, but if you look across the face of the earth, it's almost incomprehensible how many people there are. And we had this crazy the idea was that at every minute of every day, there is someone out there who's in need of prayer. Every minute of every day, there is someone out there who is in need of, the t- of a touch from the Lord. Every minute of every day, someone needs healing. Every minute of every day, someone needs deliverance. Every minute of every day, someone needs him. And every minute of every day, there's someone out there who doesn't know him. Or there's people out there who know him who've fallen away. Regardless of who it is, what it is, there's always someone who needs something from the Lord. And, you know, the two highest callings on any of our lives, regardless of whether you're a garbage man or a pastor or a teacher, our two highest callings are, number one, to worship the Lord God, and number two is to preach the gospel. In season, out of season, always having a word. You know, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you've been to school, haven't been to school. All that matters is that you know the Lord, and there's someone else out there who knows the Lord. And, you know, maybe you can't reach out to them. Maybe you have no way to meet them. Maybe they're completely on the other side of the world. The amazing thing about intercession and prayer is that we have this amazing honor an ability, as the Bible says, to come boldly to the throne of grace in which we are accepted in a time of need. To stand before the most holy, the majesty on high, the Lord Jesus Christ, and intercede on behalf of those people who we may never meet in person. You know, uh, if you read the story about Sodom and Gomorrah in the Old Testament, God was intent on destroying Sodom and Gomorrah, but it was one man, Abraham, who stood in counsel with the Lord, interceding 
on behalf of a city he may never have even stepped in. The Bible doesn't say that he was ever in Sodom and Gomorrah, from what I know. But he is in counsel with the Lord. You know, the Bible says that the Lord does nothing unless he reveals it to his servants, the prophets. You know, in the Old Testament, only a few select people were prophets and could hear the voice of God. Only a few select people could come before the Lord that way. But now, we have the Holy Spirit who reveals to us the heart of God. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is our guarantee of inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possessions, the seal of promise upon our lives. And we all have access into this grace in which we stand. We all have the ability to stand before him and to intercede on behalf of this world. And every second that we waste watching TV, every second that we waste playing video games or going to the movies or whatever else, is another second that there's an opportunity lost. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't have any lives whatsoever. But I'm saying if you put it into contrast about how we spend our times, you know, the Bible says, talks about redeeming the times because the days are evil. How many minutes do we live by day after day after day after day? I'm all guilty of it, including myself. But how many seconds do we really let slip by doing frivolous things that come to no end, that have no eternal weight or glory? How much time do we let slip by that we could be in the presence of God? You know, our model, Jesus, spent many nights, sleepless nights, before the Father, just crying out and interceding, having conversations with the Lord. And, you know, one of, I guess, our themes for this year is what's possible, something I've always wondered about, always thought about um, when it comes to having a relationship with the Lord. Because if you search through the scriptures from Genesis to through um through the New Testament, through the life of Jesus, through the apostles and the disciples. You'll see how closely men had relationships with God, how often he spoke into their lives, how often they were able to converse with him and have real revelation of him, have real knowledge of him, the ability to hear his voice speak, the ability to have him lead your spirit. And I always wonder what's really possible with God. You know, um, me and Chris went to, um, we have an amazing church. We have an amazing pastor who has this love for the Lord and this dedication. Um, When the Bible talks about a shepherd will lay his life down for his sheep, our pastor, um, Pastor John Lee, I mean, is the epitome of that saying, a man who would lay his life down for his sheep, you can see it when you talk to him, you can see it in his eyes, this is a man who's been with Jesus, a man who loves the Lord, a man who loves his sheep. And, but, um, so we have an amazing church, and but every now and then we hear that, you know what, there's this 
service coming going on over here and on a completely different night, or there's this going on here, and so me and Chris are always like, wow, okay, so there's something going on. The presence of the Lord is going to be there. God's doing something. Let's go. Let's go see what God is doing. Let's see what God is up to. And so Sunday, um, no, Friday, eh, I think it was Friday night, um, Chris was invited to preach at this church um, in Richardson, Texas. And it was a small church, not a huge congregation, um, like small, like 20, 30 people, I think. Um, I could be wrong. Um, and, and a little building that you would have never noticed. Um, I never knew it was there. Chris never knew it was there. And not many people. And a, a majority of the people actually came from Africa, I believe. And But we went into this church. And so here's what happens. is um, Chris tells me earlier in the day that he's invited to speak to the church. And I'm thinking, you know what? Um, it's great. I'd love to come. But you know what? I have four children at home. And, you know, I have all this stuff to do. I'm already tired. Um, it's been a long day. I don't think I'm going to be able to go. Until just like, I think it was like the service was supposed to start at 7. And I was um, supposed to start at 7. And um, it's like 7.20 when Chris finally actually calls me and says, well, I'm on my way. Or 7.15, something like that. And he's already late. And I'm like, aren't you supposed to be there? And he's like, well, I'm running late. And they have an hour-long worship anyway but he was rushing to get there as fast as he can. And, you know, nowadays, one worship seems pretty rare for most churches because people are usually set in these schedules of get in and get out and get their fill and then leave, and that's it. And so when he called me again, something just stirred on the inside of me that God's doing something, that God's Something is about to happen to really expect something from the Lord. And so I jumped in my car and drove out there, which for me wasn't nearly as far as it was for Chris. And I parked my car and I'm trying to, and I finally find this little church and I start walking toward the door. And, you know, the minute I got to the door, I could feel his presence. And I opened up the door and was almost like knocked back because of the presence, the sweet aroma of the Lord that was on this little tiny sanctuary. And I entered into worship with the group and, you know, there was this difference that you don't see often where these men and women and children who had left everything at the door and came in and their hearts were just poured out to God and songs of worship and songs of victory and just pouring out their hearts to the Lord. And I kept having these pictures in my head of the children of Israel dancing on the other side of the Red Sea. And it's what it reminded me of is, something that the church what we call the church nowadays seems to be missing is this desire and this desperation to seek his face 
where we leave everything behind to enter into his presence. And it seems, um, I heard someone preach the other day about having um, a fast food nation of Christians who come into his presence. And I think um, Patrick spoke about this last night. He said that people who treat the word of God like a stoplight that you stop at and then you hurry up and keep going to get on your way. And then as opposed to people who treat the word of God like a campsite where they come and they set up camp in his word and they set up camp in the presence of the Lord and they make a determination that they're not moving until they receive a touch from him. And there's a difference. And the end result, there's a difference between giving God just a few minutes and then giving him more and giving him everything you have. And making a stand in your own life, in your spiritual walk, in your family's life, saying, I am not going to move until you touch me. When Jacob wrestled with the Lord, it said they wrestled all night. And the Lord's like, let me go. I've got to go. And Jacob's like, no, I'm not letting go until you bless me. The same desperation we need to have in these times, in these hours, where we need to seek his face more than anything else. And we need a clear revelation from the Lord about his times and his plans and his purposes and what he's doing between nations and nations and families. But it only comes from devoting yourself to his word. It only comes from devoting yourself to his presence. Deciding that you're going to lock yourself in your prayer closet and you're not going to come out until you've heard a word of the Lord about your situation. Because regardless of what your situation is, regardless who it's about, you can go to five million people. And the Bible says that in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. But there's also another way, a better way, because five million people can give you advice. Or you can go to the Lord and get advice directly from him. You can get the word and dwell on it and read it and put your face before it and pray and pray and worship and pray until you hear the Lord clearly speak to you about your situation. And I think that many people nowadays don't do that because they just don't expect anything to happen. They don't expect that they're going to get an answer. And so they sort of give up hope. But the Bible says those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Oh, Father, give us patience, Lord, in your presence, Lord. Lord, give every one of us a burning desire for your presence. Give us a burning desire, Lord, to hear your voice, to seek your face. And I say all that to say, what would be possible 
if we gave him everything, if we came into worship and gave him everything, if we left everything aside, if we came into his word and just set up camp there in his word and asked the Holy Spirit to give us a fresh revelation of his word, because you can read the scripture over and over again. You can memorize it back and forth. And then go right back into it and have the Holy Spirit give you a brand new, fresh word for that moment and that season and time. So the other day, I was, um, actually, I think it was Sunday morning, I was in church. And um, before church started, I started reading. And I just, like, opened up my Bible and um, started reading a random scripture. And what I turned to was um, the book of John, chapter 8. And it's funny because it's one of those scriptures I've probably read five million times since I was a child. Five million times of reading the exact same story over and over again. And here's what it says. It says in... um, Chapter 8, verse 2, it says, Now early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses and the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? This they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. It's funny how, on a side note, it's funny how society in general has such a bloodlust for vengeance. Um, you know, I was talking to the Lord, and the Lord is revealing to me, the difference between the children of light and the children of darkness. At one point, Jesus was talking and he mentioned how um, the Pharisees and um, scribes, he said that you're you're like your father, the devil. And, you know, that really struck me how the Bible says we're adopted into the family of God. And we should have characteristics of his children taking on a new name. Anyway, he said... Um, and it says, this they said, testing him, that they may have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger, as though he did not hear them. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. And when Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? And she said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. You know, over and over again since a child, I've I've heard that story. 
And, you know, um, one of my thoughts about it was that, you know, they came and they tried to accuse this woman to the Lord. And they said, she was caught in adultery in the very act. You need to stone her now. She needs to be killed right now. This is what Moses said. What do you say? You say that you're the son of God, but this is what our what was the scriptures declare to us. And, you know, you'll remember that Jesus said they held even at times the commandments, I mean, the commandments of men more than the word of God. And so Jesus stoops on the ground and starts writing. And then he stands up and he said, he who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. And then he gets stoops back down and starts writing again. And so what I've always remembered about this story is that I thought that the first time he stooped down and started writing is he just wrote, wrote the word adultery on the ground. And they said, she's caught in adultery. What do you think about it? And then he st- stands up and he said, he who is among you who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. And he bends down and he starts writing again. And I believe that he, at that point, just started writing out with his finger all the different sins that every single person in the crowd had been guilty of. And they saw this and one by one being convicted of their own conscience, just walked away. And then he stands back up and the only one that's left is the woman and Jesus. And he said, where are your accusers? You know, the Bible says in Revelation that there's one accuser who's the devil. He accuses us night and day before the Father. And how awesome is it that we have a high priest and an intercessor that after he's already defeated the accuser, we can stand up and the only one that's left is Jesus. Because, you know, there is going to come a day when every one of us, the Bible says, will stand before him. The enemy will accuse us. And Jesus will say, covered in my blood. Covered in my blood. You know, far too many times we have trouble forgiving other people. But more importantly than that, we have trouble forgiving ourselves. Even though Jesus already died for our sins. He's already paid for the price, and there are no more accusers. None. No one who can accuse you before the Father. And we have the freedom to enter into his presence, to come boldly to the throne of grace through the veil, through through the flesh, to enter in before the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So, but so that's what I always thought, and I thought it was interesting that I never really thought about it in that, in that scenario. I always thought about the first part of the story, but I never really thought about the fact that this woman stood up, having all these accusers trying to accuse her to the Father. And when she looked up, there was only Jesus, and Jesus said, go and sin no more. You know, the Bible said it's the goodness of God that leads men to, the repent, to repentance. It's the grace of the Lord. It's the love of the Lord. When we go out in the world, you know, sin is sin. There's no way around it. The Bible says what the Bible says. People can either believe it or they cannot believe it. 
as I mentioned like a week or two ago, you know, we pray, we intercede, but it's the Holy Spirit who does work. And some people will believe and they'll receive it and some won't. And I think that if we spent more time loving people, more time declaring the goodness of the Lord, more time declaring the blood of Christ and the forgiveness of sins that we have through him, and less time trying to point our fingers at every single person around us and accuse them of doing things that we ourselves are guilty of doing, as if somehow we had some form of righteousness of our own and we became judges in this world when there's only one judge, which is him. When it came to Jesus and he said, this man came to Jesus and said, what should I do, good teacher? And Jesus said, why do you call me good? No one's good but the Father. Theoretically, was still Jesus. But the point is, he's the only judge, not us. It's our judge, our job to love the world. It's our job to see the world in his eyes, to have a heart like he had for those people. Because he said that he's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance, every single person. And people don't come to repentance by you screaming in their faces and saying, hey, you're going to hell. Even though it's true. We can declare the truth, but you can declare the truth in a spirit of love. And you can declare to people that there's a Savior and there's someone that loves them, which is Christ Jesus. Because the Bible says all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. It says there is none that seeks God. No, not one. Not one. Without the Holy Spirit. I am convinced that none of us would seek the Lord. That every second that we have a desire to be in his presence originates with the Holy Spirit. So we're going to take a break for just a second. Um, We'll be back in just a minute. And all who are thirsty And all who are weak Come to the fountain And if you are the waves of 
deep cries out too deep in the middle of the night as deep cries out too deep we want nothing else as deep cries out too deep sing come Lord Jesus come Lord Jesus come you're Welcome back to another edition of Prayer International Radio. Just taking some time to worship the Lord. Just uh, glad uh, just to have God in our lives, just to have Jesus. You know, just uh, picking up uh, the second half of the broadcast, just thankful for my brother Sean Holmberg, just sharing his heart, sharing the Word of God, praying and declaring and decreeing what the Lord is saying to him and I believe to many other people you know God is speaking to his people in the earth and I know that's Sean's heart and that's my heart that you know we really get into a place where we can hear God and then do our best to wholeheartedly share that truth in love you know that's what the word tells us to do you know speak the truth speak it in love so let's pray and just ask the Lord to just continue to flow and to speak, to heal, to touch, to do whatever he wants to do. So, Father, Lord, we just thank you right now. Lord, we just thank you for your goodness. We just give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor. Father, we just pray that your Holy Spirit would just touch, Lord, as you season those words, Lord, as you cultivate, Lord, even those words that Sean spoke tonight, Father, and begin to touch the hearts and touch the lives, Father, by your Holy Spirit. Father, we pray, Lord God, let that word take root and produce life, produce fruit, produce what you declare it will produce, Lord. Your words do not return void, Father. We thank you that you will hasten your word. You'll perform what you say. You'll do what you say. Lord, your word is your bond. Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, let your word be our bond. And those that name the name of Jesus, let your word be their bond. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you know... I just want to give God praise. We've had a different season. You know, it's funny, as a Christian, you know, we're we're told in the word to fight the good fight of faith. 
And a lot of times we know theoretically that we're in a battle or we're in this war, we're in this, uh, you know, whatever you want to say, uh, against our enemy, against Satan, against darkness. And, you know, a lot of times we can go through life and we get, you know, what I call, get in what I call the religious bubble where, you know, we may go through a season or two where we don't really experience a lot of warfare. We don't really experience a lot of opposition. But, you know, my wife and I and our family have gone through, you know, I know Sean and his family too, but we've gone through a lot of different uh, things this last season. You know, just um, a lot of warfare, a lot of opposition. A lot of the enemy just, you know, really trying to rise up against us. You know, the Bible says no weapon formed or fashioned against us will prosper. And that every tongue that rises up against us in judgment will fall. It will not stand. And you know, we have gone through this ongoing roller coaster, I guess, battle with, you know, my mother-in-law. Um, with her health and, and things that she's going through. And I just wanted to declare tonight for, for a lot of people that are going through a hard season, they're going through circumstances, they're going through a tough time, maybe it's with your loved ones, or it, it could be relational, it could be health, it could be financial, it could be many different things. But you're going through a circumstance, you're going through a situation that you're facing, and you really need God to be real for you. You really need God to come through. And, you know, my wife and I have been believing in prayer, and, again, I want to thank those of you in prayer, you know, that have been in prayer uh, for us on the show. Those of you that support this ministry in prayer, thank you very much. We, We need the prayer. Our families need the prayer. Our wives, you know, Sean's children need the prayer. You know, so we we covet your prayer. We thank you that you you guys do pray for us. Continue that. But, you know, I just want to testify that, you know, God this last week really came in and and pulled through for my mother-in-law in many different ways. Really pulled for Tracy's mom. Uh, Did a lot of miracles. We're still believing for a lot more miracles, uh, a lot more breakthrough in some areas. But I just want to testify to those of you that have been praying, those of you that have been standing with us, you know, for her mother, you know, that we have we have seen some breakthrough. Um, you know, 10 days ago, a couple weeks ago, she was unresponsive and in an induced coma uh, because they could not get her to breathe on her own. Uh, since then, they've got her off of, you know, these breathing masks and she's able to uh, breathe. She's getting even lesser amounts of oxygen because it's taking better than it was, and so, which is a good thing. They don't have to give her as much pure oxygen. She's able to swallow now, and they're able to feed her uh, some, uh, not completely. But, you know, there's been tremendous, tremendous breakthrough in some different areas. And I say all that to say this, is that, one, we really attribute it to the power of prayer. We attribute it, first of all, to Jesus Christ. 
and, and the blood of Jesus and what God's doing by his spirit. But but I really wanted to focus on the, the point that people are praying, and not just about our situation, but other situations. But, you know, concerning ours, I, I wanted to testify and thank everybody. And I wanted it to be an example of hope, an example of don't give up, an example of keep pressing in. And believe me, we've got still got a long road, you know, to go down. We need a lot more prayer. You know, Pat, Tracy's mother, needs a lot more prayer, you know, so continue that. But, you know, don't give up. Don't stop praying until it's it's done. You know, don't stop praying until your circumstances either change or become impossible to where it's just, you know, that's it. Whatever the situation is, it could be relational, it could be health, it could be financial, it could be in your marriage, it could be with your children, it could be with your church or your ministry or some situation, maybe a neighbor or a coworker or a landlord or whatever you're going through. I don't know. But whatever your situation is, begin to lay hold, begin to grab a hold of the Word of God. You know, we're told that His Word is sharper than the two-edged sword. We're told that it separates what's spirit and it separates what's flesh. And if we sow to the Spirit, we'll reap life and peace and joy. And if we sow to the flesh, we'll reap corruption. So listen, get the Word in you. So that you can begin to sow that word, declare and decree that word into your circumstances, into your relationships, into your your marriage, into your children's situation, into your church, whatever it is, get God's word in it. Begin to stand on it. Begin to speak it and declare it and decree it. And what will happen is the Bible says, from the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks, and that we eat the fruit of our lips. Whatever we speak, we we get that into our lives. We speak life, we speak death, we eat the fruit of it. But as you begin to speak and declare and decree what God is saying over your life, guess what's going to come into your life? The decrees and the things that God has declared and those things that God has purposed for your life, those are the things that will begin to manifest. Those are the things that will begin to spring forth speedily. All of a sudden, your circumstances will begin to change, and different things will begin to turn. And, you know, that's not to say that, you know, we don't go through hard things that sometimes, you know, they end the way that they end, and there's nothing because it's a sovereign thing. And there's nothing we can do to change it. But listen, as we begin to get God's mind and God's heart and begin to get his plan concerning the people and the things and and whatever we're doing in our lives, we'll begin to have a discernment. We'll begin to have an understanding. We'll begin to have an idea which direction God sort of wants us to go or how things should go to a degree. Because see, listen, as we begin to get that word in us, it begins to make us more Christ-focused, more Christ-minded. 
And all of a sudden, we begin to declare and decree those things into our situation. And what's going to happen when you speak the kingdom? You get kingdom results. When you speak the Bible, you get Bible results. And not when you just speak it. You've got to live it. You've got to do it. You've got to apply it on whatever level or degree or whatever thing it, it refers to to get the results and the benefits out of it. But you know, we've got to work as principles. Just as much as we have to love this person, Jesus. And so, I don't know uh, if we have anybody else on the line with us right now or not. I'm about to switch over and get a switchboard up. But I wanted to uh, transition. I want to. I want to go ahead and pray for a minute and then transition back into a little bit of worship and then kind of kick it in gear and see where we go from there. So if you're just tuning in, look, this is Prayer International Radio. And our website, www.prayerinternational.org. You can also email us at prayerinternational. At gmail.com. Sorry, I haven't... Technical difficulties, but um, we're going to transition into a song for a minute, a little bit of worship, and just kind of shift gears and just kind of see where we go from there.
Okay, everybody, welcome back to Prayer International. Um, I'm your, this is Sean Holmberg along with Chris Herzog. You know, we're talking about speaking the face of the Lord and declaring the word of God over your life. And, you know, it seems like a simple thing to say. Talk about declaring the word of God over your life. Um, But the Bible declares that your words are living. You know, Jesus went up to a fig tree and cursed the fig tree, and it died, and his disciples were amazed. But it's because we don't realize that there's life and death in the power of the tongue. And when you take the word of the Lord and declare it over yourself, it produces fruit. It produces results. Because in this world, there's five million voices that are declaring who you are and what you are. And the question is, which voice? Are you going to believe? When I was young and in church, they always sing the song that said, whose report are you going to believe? And when it comes to your life, when it comes to the life of your family, when it comes to people who are sick and your friends and your children and all the obstacles you face, all the mountains that we go through, like Chris said, there's going to be obstacles. There's There's going to be tribulation. Jesus said there's going to be tribulation. He said there's going to be persecution. He said if they persecuted me, they'll persecute you. If they hated me, they're going to hate you. But whose report do you want to believe over the things concerning your life? Do you want to believe what the word declares, what the world declares, excuse me? Do you want to declare what all the naysayers out there who don't believe in the Lord, those who don't know the goodness of our God, They've never understood. They've never been able to experience the goodness of our God, but we have. You know, the Lord told Joshua in the book of Joshua, chapter 1, he said, I will never leave you 
nor forsake you. And, you know, um, Chris says away for just a second, so I'm going to turn there really fast. But if you have a Bible, you know, this is awesome. You know, the Bible says that he's saying yesterday, today, and forever. And if you have a Bible, this is what um, the Lord said in Joshua chapter 1. It said, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass as the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, and he said, um, and then I'll skip on, he said, and this is verse 5, he said, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. And then he says it again in verse 7, only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which my Moses my servant Moses commanded you. It says, do not turn from the right hand. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. And, you know, when you're serving the Lord and you're following his commandments and you're being obedient, you're going to prosper wherever you go. He's going to bless the work of your hand. It says in verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, then you'll make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. And, you know, then the Lord says it again. And we know he's not a God that he will that he could lie. I mean, he, I'm sorry. We know that he's God and we know he's not a man that he could lie. Anything the Lord said is true. His promises are yes and amen. His word will not return to him void. And he says in verse 9, have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, the, word, the world will declare to you that there is no God. The world will declare that it's hopeless to serve the living God. But we know it's not true. We know that the Lord is faithful. But if, you know, he kept telling the children of Israel to remember and not to forget, not to forget, the blessings of the Lord, not to forget the goodness and the faithfulness of the Lord, which is why it's so important to take the word of God, to dwell upon it, to meditate on it day and night, to take these words and declare them over yourself, to declare them over your family, to declare them over your children, to declare them over your situation. Because when you do that, you're not just repeating some words, but your words are creating life. And you're coming into agreement with the Most High God declaring that you're standing upon his word, that you're agreeing with what he has said over your life. You know, if the Lord said, I want to bless you, which he has, if he said, I want to prosper you, which he has, and you turn around and say, well, I don't believe that. I don't believe that you're going to prosper me. I don't believe that you're going to bless me. My friend Joe said that that's not true. Well, who are you going to believe? How are you going to know the word of the Lord? If you're not in his word, how are you going to know all the promises that he's declared over you that he'll, like he said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you all the days of your life. From the first moment to your last moment, the Lord will not leave you, leave you and he will not forsake you. He is a faithful God. And we need to take these words, wake up every morning declaring them over yourself, that you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that you're the salt of the earth. You are a light to this world, declaring the love of Christ. You know, the Bible declares that we are ambassadors of Christ, as if God was pleading to the world through us. We are ambassadors of Jesus Christ. 
And we need to declare those words, those those words over ourselves. You know, the Bible also says that we, all of us who are born again, it says we are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. It also says that we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. You know, we can't see everything through our physical eyes. There's some things you can only see with your spiritual eyes. There's some things that you have to take in faith and trust the Lord when he declares something. When he declares that I know the thoughts I have for you, he says thoughts of good and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. And he wasn't just talking to the people in the Old Testament. He wasn't just talking to the apostles and the disciples. He was talking to you and every person that would come afterwards. Because the Bible says whoever would call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And once you're saved, you're born again. You're born into his kingdom. It says we have been adopted into the family of God. We were talking earlier about taking that name. And you need to declare his name over your life. Declare his goodness over your life. Declare his victory over your life. You know, it says in Revelation, we were talking about the accuser earlier. It says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And every single person who's listening has a testimony in the Lord. Everybody has a testimony about the faithfulness and the goodness of the Lord in their life. And it's completely unlike anybody else's. Only you have been in your situation with the Lord and seen as how he has come through for you. You still there, Chris? Okay. Well, he must have still stepped away. Um, So declaring his word over your life, and not only, you know, we talk about declaring the word of God over your life. I mean, you can go through this entire Bible and spend all day and night and never get done declaring what he's declared over you. You know, think about that, declaring what he's already declared over you. I mean, do you really want to see yourself the way that God sees you? And if you do, you need to get in this word. You need to go through the scripture and find out what he has said about you. Because it's all love, 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 as the song says. Everything that he has said about you is love. You are his children. You know, not only declaring his word over your own life, but the lives of your family, the life of your nation, the life of the world. Because we have the ability to speak life into this world through his word prophesying, as you will, his word, his word into this world that's fallen and forsaken because they have forgotten the Lord God. How's it going, Chris? Good. How are you doing? Good. So what do you think? Well, I like it. I think uh, we should probably do some declaring and decreeing over some lives and over some things. Okay, well, I am ready. Yeah, let's let's get into prayer. Um, Go for it. All right, sounds good. Well, Father, we just praise you, Lord. We thank you. I thank you for my brother, Sean. Lord, I thank you for just this opportunity that we have to just invite you onto Blog Talk Radio and invite you, Holy Spirit, over the airwaves and to invite you, Lord, into the homes and into the hearts of the people that tune in. 
So, Father, right now, Lord, we just ask that your Holy Spirit would just come and you'd have your way. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your goodness. And we just pray, Father, your kingdom, Lord, not our kingdoms, not our plans, not our purposes, but, Father, your plans, your purposes to come forth. That, Father, we would not be moved by our own motives and our own self-seeking ideas, even when it comes to ministry or when it comes to uh, even just our, our worship or our gathering with other believers. But, Father, it would be all about you. It would be about your motives. It would be about your mission. It would be about your mindedness, Lord, what you want for us. So, Father, we just commit, Lord God, this time to you, Lord. We commit, Lord God, ourselves and this ministry. And, Father, ask that you would use it, Lord, as an instrument, Lord, in your hands, Lord, as as a tool. And, Father, we just thank you, Lord God, for every man, every woman, every teenager that might be listening tonight, Father. And we pray, Lord God, that you would open them up to your kingdom. Open them up to your plans. That, Father, they would have ears to hear what your spirit is saying. That they would have ears to hear, Lord God, a sensitivity, Lord, work in them. Develop in them. Help them to develop, Lord, a sensitivity and an openness to your spirit and a yieldedness to your voice. So, Father, we pray, lead your people. Give them willing hearts to obey. And, Father, we pray, Lord God, just for a discernment and an openness to your voice over your people, Lord. We thank you, Lord God. Lord, we declare, Lord, you're still speaking today, not only through the Bible, but out of the mouths of your people, into the hearts of your people, Lord, by your Holy Spirit. And so, Father, give us ears to hear. Give us eyes to see. Lord, give those that are listening tonight and those that that may be standing in the gap for others that are believing, Father, for, for someone, Lord, give us eyes to see. Give us the ability to see things from your perspective. To see things, Lord, the way you would see them, Lord, begin to show us your heart towards people and towards our circumstances and our situation. And so, Father, we thank you, Lord, for for a new heart, Lord. I thank you right now, Lord, that, Father, you're birthing a, a freshness in the hearts of people tonight, Lord, a, a new motivation and a new perspective, a new vision, a new desire for life, a new motivation for for the things of God, and a passion for your presence. So, Father, I just thank you, Lord, and I stand in agreement, Lord, with Sean right now, Lord, and we just declare, Father, your kingdom come to the nations. Lord, not only, Lord, to America, and Lord, we pray right now in agreement for this nation. We pray for revival to just sweep across this nation for just an organic revival. Lord, not fueled by man's motives, but just something you do just sovereignly by your Holy Spirit. We thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. And we pray, Lord God, that your Holy Spirit would cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
Praise God. Praise God. He is so good. Well, if you need prayer and you're reaching out, maybe you're you're tuning in, maybe you have some needs, some requests, some things that are going on in your life that you need someone to stand in the gap. You know, we want to be an outreach. We want to be just a a connection between you and the things of God. And if you need someone to stand in a gap, if you need somebody to believe in prayer, you know, reach out. We, we've got an email address you can send prayer requests to at prayerinternational.gmail.com. You can get on our website. We've got some prayer requests and some different tabs you can go to. Let us know what we can do. Call in 619-638-8458. It's the call-in number. We've got a chat room you can get into and we prayer request. You know, we just want to reach out. Whatever we can do to pray, whatever we can do to help you get rooted in to the things of God, you know, that's what we want to be for you. That's what we want to do, you know, just to help bring the kingdom of God into your life and help you apprehend and get a hold of the things that God has for you. So, Sean, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. You know, not only um, if you need prayer, but also if you're out there and, you know, God's done something in your life and you just want to, like, praise the Lord for it because, you know, whenever the Lord comes through for you, when the Lord is faithful in your life and you declare it out, it gives other people hope. It gives other people faith. And it helps other people trust in the Lord for their own situation. You know, if I had never seen the Lord heal someone, even though I knew the Bible says that God heals, it would be just a little bit hard to believe it for myself. But when I hear of other the Lord doing things in other people's lives, it makes, well, it's like I know the Lord can do it in my life too. And so anything the Lord can do for you, I mean, call us and let us know. Because there's someone out there who's in whatever situation you're in, whatever you're struggling with, someone else is, or anything you had struggled with, the Lord delivered you out out of, someone out there struggling with the exact same thing. Because there's not that many situations in the world that you could be in. And there's someone out there who's been in the exact same situation or who's in the exact same situation. Amen. Yeah. Because I know the Lord is faithful. I mean, my life is life, um, you know, over and over again. You know, if you you go through the Bible, my daughter Emily was asking me about hearing the voice of God. And I was explaining to her that, you know, if you start from the beginning of the Bible and you go all the way through to the end, it has the same thing of the Lord providing, of the Lord having mercy and grace and delivering his people. And it, it's always the same. And, you know, he's yeah. faithful. I mean, you take my life and over and over again since I was a child, right, since I, even before I knew who the Lord was, he was already intervening into my life. And in Chris's life, before he even knew who the Lord was, even when we weren't serving the Lord, he was still intervening in our lives. 
And, you know, whatever your your life is right now, whatever your whatever's going on, whether it's something in your marriage or something in a family member, you know, whether it's your job, whatever it is, the Lord is intervening. And the Lord is stepping is going to step into your life and show himself strong. You know, it says that he is our shield. He's our tower. He's our strength. And, you know, the Bible says when we are weak, then he is strong. So whatever you need, give us a call. We'll pray for you. We'll believe with you. We'll agree with you to see the Lord move into your life. Because we've experienced it and we know he does it. And he's still doing it every day. Yeah, that's right. So we were, um, I was talking earlier, Chris, about um, the church we went to on Friday night and about people having just a real passion and desire and a hunger for the Lord. And, you know, something it reminds me of is, you know, you know, two times in the Bible, the first time, you know, whenever there's a, a big move of God, you know, he's always moving, but every now and then there's this huge overwhelming move. And his hand just comes in and changes the situation. And, you know, the first one I was thinking of was the children of Israel who were in bondage and they were crying out to the Lord. And all these people, thousands and thousands of Israelites, crying unto the Lord. And he came in and delivered them and remembered his promise. Once again, he's faithful. And then the same thing. After, before the, the birth of Jesus, people were crying day and night, waiting for the Messiah to come. And, you know, someone told me once, um, one of my old youth pastors, which Chris knows, Renee Thompson and her husband Dan Thompson, and, you know, something they said once is that they didn't believe there was ever a move of God that didn't first start with people on their knees in prayer. And I'm convinced that nothing happens in this world without people being on their knees before the Father in prayer. And, you know, the first stop, when you have an issue or you have a problem, shouldn't always be your friend down the road. It shouldn't be your coworker at work. The first person you should go to is the Lord God and to seek his face and to cry out to him to intervene into your life and to take his word that he's already declared over your life and to believe that word, whether that means you have to repeat it to yourself every five seconds until you get a breakthrough. You know, there is a breakthrough in the blood of Christ, and there is a provision in his name for whatever it is that you need. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Well, Sean, what do you think we yeah. need to do? Where do you want to go? We have, what, like 20 minutes left? Yeah, I think 15. You know, I have to say, um, it's we've been doing the show for like three years now, and, I, um, and usually it's just one of us, either me or you or even Patrick now, and you know, it's great because the Holy Spirit always shows up and he always touches people. And But it's really great doing a show with you. Um, as the Bible says, you know, iron sharpens iron, and when two of us come together in agreement, it's there in the midst. Um, 
which you know, thinking about that, where it says if two of us are gathered together in agreement, or three three or more of us are gathered in agreement, he's there in the midst. If you think about it, there's always three of us because there's always you and there's always Jesus and there's always the Holy Spirit. So there's always three, no matter where you're at. Um, you know, um, I think once, I mean, once again, uh, we should just pray for a second um, and just see what the Lord says. Because um, there's so much going on in the world at all times. And, you know, we can pay attention to what we see with our eyes. Or we can listen in and listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying. You know, it says the spirit and the bride say come, and we too um, need to listen to what the spirit is saying and to see what direction he's going. Um, let's see, has anybody called in? Not at the moment. So, um, you know, Father, I just, you know, Lord, we like to be. We want to be, let me change that. Father, we want to be as real with you as possible. Lord, none of us are perfect. We're all sinners. And every one of us, we're only saved by your grace. And Father, there's someone out there who's listening who maybe they don't know you. Maybe they've never heard about you. Or maybe they've heard about you, but they don't know how real you are. So Father, we're asking. Lord, in your name, Father, that you would touch them. Lord, in their situation, right where they're at, Father, that you would intervene into their situation and reveal yourself to them, Lord. Father, for the mother who's struggling, Lord, that you would show yourself strong in their lives, Father. Father, in their children's lives, in their families' lives, Lord, that you would show yourself strong to your people. Father, that you would once again, Lord, give us a hunger and a desire, Father, for your presence. Give us a hunger and a desire for your word, Lord. Give us a hunger for intimacy with you, Father. You know, your servant David, he said that one thing that he desired, that he would dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of his life. And Father, we desire nothing less than to dwell in your presence, Father. Not just when we go to church on Sundays and Fridays and Wednesdays, Lord, but that we become dwelling places of your spirit, Father, that every minute of every day, Father, we can know your presence is with us, Father. You said that you would never leave us nor forsake us, Father, but it seems far too often that we just don't think about it and we don't keep you in our thoughts and in our minds. Father, so I ask that you would give us a new refreshment, Father. Father, that you would pour out your spirit upon us once again. Father, give us revelation of who you are in our lives, Lord, that you would reveal yourself to us once again. And we need your presence every day, Father. And we need to know you more and more and more and more. Father, we can't ever possibly comprehend how much we need you in our lives. But, Father, without you, we can't do anything. All of our life comes through you, Father. Lord, and make us a people of worship, Lord. As Jesus, you said that those who worship you must worship you in spirit and in truth, Father. Lord, raise up a generation of people 
who would worship you. Father, who would dedicate their lives to serving you and to worshiping, not because of what they may get out of them, not because other people may see them, Father, just, Father, for the joy of knowing you, because your word declares that in your presence there is fullness of joy. Father, fullness of joy that only comes in your presence, fullness of joy that only comes from knowing you and having a relationship with you, Father. Lord, and we ask that you would reveal that to your people tonight, Father. You know, um, let's go into worship for just a second, if that's okay, Chris. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Okay. Um, we got about eight minutes left, and we let's see. Here's a good one. We hear God. Because your promise has been fulfilled in us. We're here, God, because when we seek you, we find you. God, when we ask, we receive. When we knock on the door, you answer it. Your word is alive. Your word is alive today. It is truth. It is everything. Coming out. 
All right, well, welcome back to Prayer International Radio. Just taking some time like usual, you know. It's, it's our passion. It's our hearts to worship. You know, we could do a show and, and just leave the worship music on the whole time because we know the importance, we know the value. You know, worship corrects your focus. And if you're in a place sometimes in your walk where you're having trouble getting focused on the Lord and Maybe you're just having trouble getting motivated or getting into a flow with God. You know, the atmosphere that you create, the environment you create around your home or your workplace or just around yourself in general makes a huge difference on how you get motivated to do things or not to do things. And so I just want to encourage you guys, you know, get a climatized environment with worship music. And we all have different, you know, things that we like or different types of music that appeal to us or move us or get us into God's presence. And so whatever it is that gets you into that place where you can have an encounter with him, you know, familiar, familiarize yourself with it, climatize your home with it, you know, get get the Holy Spirit, you know, music around yourself. So, Father, with that being said, Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that you told us Come before your presence with singing, Lord. Enter your courts with praise. And, Lord, we just praise you. And, Father, we started praising you on the show tonight, and we're going to finish praising you on the show, Lord. And we just thank you for what you're doing in our lives, Lord. We thank you for what you're doing with the people that have just given Sean and I the opportunity and others the opportunity to speak into their lives, Lord. We we thank you for that opportunity, and we thank you for the, the things that you've blessed us with. And, Lord, we just ask, Father God, that you would take those seeds and you would bring forth, Lord, a harvest and produce, Lord God, life inside every man, every woman, every teenager. Father, we speak over their bodies right now and command bodies to be healed. We command minds to be filled with peace and to be set free. Father, we command spirits right now to not be heavy but to be free and to not be oppressed, but to be filled with the life of God, to not mourn, but to be filled with joy. And, Father, we just thank you right now, Lord, for what you're doing. We thank you, Father. And, Lord, we just declare, Lord, your glory is covering the earth like the waters are covering the sea. Lord, we thank you, Father God, that your knowledge, Lord, and, and Lord, just the word of Jesus, just the name of Jesus, 
is covering me. And we just give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor, Father. So, Lord, tonight we just ask, Lord, just like Jesus taught us to pray. Lord, he told us to ask, Lord, that you would lead us not into temptation, Lord, but you deliver us from evil. And so, Father, we just pray for those, Lord, that are struggling with bondages and addictions, Lord, fears and doubts. Lord, we pray that you would just break off those things off of their lives. So, Lord, you would be the chain breaker in the fire. And, Father, you'd begin to break off those chains. You'd begin to break off those bondages. Lord, you'd begin to break off those those fetters and those weights that are holding people back from their destiny and their purpose in you. And so, Father, we just declare, Lord, that your word does not return void, that your word is breaking yokes. Your word is breaking bondages. Your word is breaking addictions right now in Jesus' name. Your word is destroying sicknesses right now. Diseases are going right now in Jesus' name. Father, peace is entering into minds and into the hearts of people right now that are feeling confused. They're, they're all of a sudden feeling lifted. And that heaviness is dissipating and going. And Lord, we pray, Lord, let your Holy Spirit, let your Holy Spirit fill everybody listening tonight. And let Jesus be Lord of all. In Jesus' name, amen. This is Prayer International Radio. Have a blessed night.